0: Section 16 of The Book of A Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 4, by Anonymous. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Book of A Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 4, translated by Richard Burton. Section 16, Two Hundred and Seventy Eighth Night to Two Hundred and Eighty Ninth Night. When it was the 287th night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the caliph saw this spectacle, his reason was confounded, and he cried, By Allah, I am filled with amazement at this matter. And Jafar replied, And I also, by Allah, O commander of the faithful. Then the barge passed on and disappeared from sight, whereupon the boatman pushed out again into the stream, saying, Praised be Allah for safety, since none hath fallen in with us. Quoth the Caliph, O old man, doth the Caliph come down the Tigris River every night? The boatman answered, Yes, O my lord, and on such wise hath he done every night this year past. O sheikh, rejoined al-Rashid, we wish thee of thy favour to await us here to-morrow night, and we shall give thee five golden dinars, for we are stranger folk lodging in the quarter al kandak and we have a mind to divert ourselves, said the oldster, with joy and good will. Then the caliph and Jafar and Masrur left the boatman and returned to the palace, where they doffed their merchant's habits, and, donning their apparel of state, sat down each in his several stead, and came the emirs and wazirs and chamberlains and officers, and the divan assembled, and was crowded as of custom. But when day ended, and all the folk had dispersed and wended each his own way, the caliph said to his wazir, Rise, O Jafar, let us go and amuse ourselves by looking on the second caliph. At this Jafar and Masrur laughed, and the three, donning merchant's habits, went forth by a secret pastern, and made their way through the city in great glee, till they came to the Tigris, where they found the greybeard sitting and awaiting them. They embarked with him in the boat, and hardly had they sat down, before up came the mock caliph's barge. And when they looked at it attentively, they saw therein two hundred Mamelukes other than those of the previous night, while the link-bearers cried aloud as of want. Quoth the caliph, O wazir, had I heard tell of this, I had not believed it, but I have seen it with my own sight. Then said he to the boatman, Take, O shaykh, these ten dinars, and row us along abreast of them, for they are in the light, and we in the shade, and we can see them and amuse ourselves by looking on them, but they cannot see us. So the man took the money, and pushing off, ran abreast of them in the shadow of the barge, and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say when it was the two hundred and eighty-eighth night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that the caliph harun al-rashid said to the old man take these ten dinars and row us abreast of them to which he replied i hear and i obey and he fared with them and ceased not going in the blackness of the barge till they came amongst the gardens that lay alongside of them and sighted a large walled enclosure and presently the barge cast anchor before a postern door where they saw servants standing with a she-mule saddled and bridled here the mock caliph landed and mounting the mule rode away with his courtiers and his cup companions preceded by the cresset-bearers crying aloud and followed by his household which busied itself in his service then Harun al-Rashid, Jafar, and Masrur landed also, and, making their way through the press of servants, walked on before them. Presently the cresset-bearers espied them, and seeing three persons in merchants' habits, and strangers to the country, took offence at them. So they pointed them out and brought them before the other caliph, who looked at them and asked, How came ye to this place, and who brought you at this tide? They answered, O our Lord, we are foreign merchants, and far from our homes, who arrived here this day, and were out a-walking to-night, and, behold, ye came up, and these men laid hands on us, and brought us to thy presence, and this is all our story. Quoth the mock Caliph, Since ye be stranger folk, no harm shall befall you, but had ye been of Baghdad, I had struck off your heads. Then he turned to his wazir, and said to him, Take these men with thee, for they are our guests to-night. To hear is to obey, O our lord, answered he, and they accompanied him till they came to a lofty and splendid palace set upon the firmest base. No sultan possesseth such a palace, rising from the dusty mould and upon the merges of the clouds laying hold. Its door was of Indian teak wood inlaid with gold that glowed, and through it one passed into a royal hall, in whose midst was a jetting fount girt by a raised estrade. It was provided with carpets and cushions of brocade, and small pillows and long settees and hanging curtains. It was furnished with a splendor that dazed the mind and dumbed the tongue, and upon the door were written these two couplets. A palace whereon be blessings and praise, which with all their beauty have robed the days, where marvellous and miracle sights abound, and to write its honours the pen of phrase. The false caliph entered with his company and sat down on a throne of gold set with jewels and covered with a prayer carpet of yellow silk, whilst the boon companions took their seats and the sword bearer of high works stood before him. Then the tables were laid and they ate, after which the dishes were removed and they washed their hands, and the wine-service was set on with flagons and bowls in due order. The cup went round till it came to the caliph, Harun al-Rashid, who refused the draft, and the mock caliph said to Jafar, What mattereth thy friend that he drinketh not? He replied, O my lord, indeed tis a long while he hath drunk not of this. Quoth the sham caliph, I have drink other than this a kind of apple-wine that will suit thy companion." So he bade them bring the cider which they did forthright, when the false caliph, coming up to Harun al-Rashid, said to him, As often as it cometh to thy turn, drink thou of this. Then they continued to drink and make merry, and pass the cup till the wine rose to their brains and mastered their wits and Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the two hundred and eighty ninth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the false caliph and his co-sitters sat at their cups, and gave not over drinking, till the wine rose to their brains and mastered their wits. And Harun al-Rashid said to the minister, O Jafar, by Allah, we have no such vessels as these. WOULD TO HEAVEN I KNEW WHAT MANNER OF MAN THIS YOUTH IS. BUT WHILE THEY WERE TALKING PRIVILY, THE YOUNG MAN CAST A GLANCE UPON THEM, AND SEEING THE WAZIR WHISPER, THE caliph SAID, TIS RUDE TO WHISPER. HE REPLIED, NO RUDENESS WAS MEANT, THIS MY FRIEND DID BUT SAY TO ME, VERILY I HAVE TRAVELED IN MOST COUNTRIES, AND HAVE CAROUSED WITH THE GREATEST OF KINGS, AND I HAVE COMPANIED WITH NOBLE CAPTAINS yet never saw I a goodlier ordering than this entertainment, nor passed a more delightful night, save that the people of Baghdad are wont to say, wine without music often leaves you sick. When the second caliph heard this, he smiled pleasantly, and struck with a rod he had in his hand a round gong, and behold, a door opened, and out came a eunuch, bearing a chair of ivory inlaid with gold glittering fiery red and followed by a damsel of passing beauty and loveliness, symmetry and grace. He set down the chair, and the damsel seated herself on it, as she were the sun shining sheen in a sky serene. In her hand she had a lute of Hindu make, which she laid in her lap, and bent down over it, as a mother bendeth over her little one, and sang to it, after a prelude in four-and-twenty modes, amazing all wits." Then she returned to the first mode, and to a lively measure chanted these couplets. Love's tongue within my heart speaks plain to thee, telling thee clearly I am fain of thee. Witness the fevers of a tortured heart, and ulcered eyelid, tear-flood reigns for thee. God's fate o'ertaketh all created things. I knew not love, till learnt love's pain of thee." Now when the mock caliph heard these lines sung by the damsel, he cried with a great cry, and rent his raiment to the very skirt, whereupon they let down a curtain over him, and brought him a fresh robe, handsomer than the first. He put it on and sat as before, till the cup came round to him, when he struck the gong a second time, and lo, a door opened, and out of it came a eunuch with a chair of gold, followed by a damsel fairer than the first, bearing a lute such as would strike the envious mute. She sat down on the chair and sang to her instrument these two couplets. How patient bide with love in spite of me, and tears in tempest blinding sight of me! By Allah life has no delight of me, how glad in heart whose core is blight of me! No sooner had the youth heard this poetry than he cried out with a loud cry and rent his raiment to the skirt whereupon they let down the curtain over him, and brought him another suit of clothes. He put it on, and, sitting up as before, fell again to cheerful talk, till the cup came round to him, when he smote once more upon the gong, and out came a eunuch with a chair, followed by a damsel fairer than she who forewent her. So she sat down on the chair, with a lute in her hand, and sang thereto these couplets. Cease ye this farness, Bate this pride of you, to whom my heart clings, by life tied of you. Have ruth on hapless, mourning lover wretch, desire full, pining, passion tried of you. Sickness hath wasted him whose ecstasy, praise heaven it may be satisfied of you. O fullest moons that dwell in deepest heart, how can I think of aught by side of you? Now when the young man heard these couplets, he cried out with a great cry, and rent his raiment, whereupon they let fall the curtain over him, and brought him other robes. Then he returned to his former case with his boon companions, and the bowl went round as before, till the cup came to him, when he struck the gong a fourth time, and the door opening, out came a page-boy bearing a chair, followed by a damsel he set the chair for her, and she sat down thereon, and taking the lute, tuned it and sang to it these couplets. When shall disunion and estrangement end? When shall my bygone joys again be kenned? Yesterday we were joined in same abode, conversing heedless of each envious friend. Tricked us that traitor time, disjoined our lot, and our waste home to desert fate condemned. Wouldst have me, grumbler, from my dearling fly? I find my vitals' blame will not perpend. Cease thou to censure, leave me to repine. My mind e'er findeth thoughts that pleasure lend. O lords of me who break our troth and plight, Deem not to lose your hold of heart and sprite. When the false caliph heard the girl's song, He cried out with a loud outcry and rent his raiment and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say end of section 16